chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0! Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. The 2020-2021 Premier League season is in the books. Manchester City have won their fifth title in 10 years and said goodbye to club and league legend Sergio Aguero. Manchester United finished in second. Liverpool and their backline duo of Nat Phillips and Reese Williams got a 2-0 victory over Palace to somehow finish in third place. Chelsea backed that ass up into fourth after a 2-1 loss to Villa in which Mendy got injured. And they can thank Tottenham for that as Gareth Bale's second half brace gave Spurs a 4-2 victory over Leicester who drop out of the top four and finish in fifth. West Ham will go into Europa League as they finished in sixth and Tottenham at least finished above Arsenal in seventh and are headed to Europa Conference League with another finish over Arsenal who finished in eighth. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Passaro alongside Alex Moss and Javier Revelo. and for the second year, oh well, second, third, fourth, I don't know how many years in a row, Liverpool finished above both your clubs. So uh, how does it feel about that? Did you watch us on Sunday? I'm guessing not. No, no I didn't and I'm mad. I'm mad that I didn't put my nuts on the table and actually take Yeah, Aston I was going to say, you were teasing it at the end of that pod and then you were like, and then Alex was like, I hate you, and then it ended yeah, up happening. Then I, I shat all over him, yeah. I, but then I, I mean, I, I still took Aston Villa, and uh, I took Aston Villa double chance, so had the game gone to a draw, I would have won. So I, I did win the bet, but I didn't win it as much as I should have. And, and you know what, so, Andrew? We finished above you for like 15, 20 straight years, so I'll let you have a few years. You can... You're allowed to. So, you're allowed to stay, so stay above me for a few I years. Refer- fifteen, twenty years. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> it's definitely not fifteen just, to twenty years. Bumping up those numbers for himself. It, during the nineties um, no, and two thousands, when did like Liverpool had like maybe one or two seasons they finished above Arsenal in that time? Okay, all right, man. Like until until it wasn't fifteen until twenty Klopp, years straight. Okay, but until Klopp. All right, we're getting we're getting off topic. We really don't need to. <laughs> we have limited time here. I was I was just gonna say the reason I was like, do you did you watch Chelsea on Sunday? Is because I don't think it was like halfway through the first half. I tweeted like we're gonna need a major favor from Tottenham here, and I hate being in that position. I'm mad even though we're in the Champions League that I was put in the position on the last day of the season. Yeah, all you fucks where were. I was were, tweeting were, things were, like this is a nightmare. Tottenham fans. Like last year, it was all roses and like we had Wolves at home and we beat them two nil. We were in the same situation against probably like as good of a team. And this time we just shat the bed. Having, not having N'Golo Kante definitely hurts. And uh, having uh, Edouard Mendy get injured like at halftime basically definitely hurts. But I mean, I guess we got in anyway. So you, you got to be somewhat happy. It just means that that, that win against Leicester on, on Tuesday last week was the, the, the pivotal moment. That it gave us, it gave us the, the right to be able to afford to shit ourselves on the last day of the season. So thank you, Tottenham. Thank you. I, I, I can't I, I can't believe, believe you and yeah, I like you I mean, you, you what and my dad say? I know it's they were down two like, one in the second half. Ugh. Like thank you, Casper Schmeichel. How about that? He gifted a nice little own goal uh in like the seventy what was it? I can't even remember 
it was like with 20 minutes to go to make it 2-2. Like, Leicester thought they had it won. 75 minutes. 76 minutes. minutes. They need to you hold on for 15 more Thank minutes. Thank you, Tottenham, as Instead, well, for, for taking that seventh spot. Because fuck the Europa Conference League and playing in that next year. We don't need that distraction. So you can have fun with that, Tottenham. You have fun being in that joke of a competition that you probably still aren't going to win. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come back and regroup stronger next year. But, but Leicester, come on, guys. Remember we were like... We were just like, if this happens again for Leicester, so they spent last season because of like COVID and everything. It ended up that they were like 320 days out of 365 in the year. They were in the top four, and they didn't make top four or of the season because the season was like almost a full year last year. And then this year they were in it like 230 days or something. That since the f- they were in so, it from the yeah, from the, like the beginning of the season until last until they, they had their last best week. start even better than in their Premier League winning season this year, and they still didn't make top four. And we're like, I want to say like around February, they were at least 15 points clear of like Chelsea and like, or like 12 or 13 points. And like the fact that they finished below them. They had a similar game against Tottenham. I think it was away last year, the second to last or third to last game of the season where they just conceded three goals in the first half. Like Tottenham just countered them. And it was like the perfectly set up game for for Spurs, just like it was on Sunday. So a part of me is not that surprised, especially when you consider Wesley Fofana got injured and had to go off at halftime. He's probably one of their best, like, pacey center backs who can sort of help mitigate those counterattacks with his speed. So not having him and having to push for that, that, that winner after they just, you know, shat themselves in their own way and conceded the own goal with 15 minutes left. It doesn't surprise me that it, it ended up happening that way, but... I got to tell you, but in the middle of the second half, like basically right after we conceded the penalty and the only way it looked like we were going to get top four was if we came back from 2-0 down to win 3-2. I was just sitting there like, oh, okay, well, this, we never make it easy. I guess we're just going to have to win the Champions League next week to like get back into Champions League next season. But lucky, lucky for us, uh, Lester and Brendan Rodgers outbottled us. Yeah, I mean, this, I, I this do was the one thing I thought seasons. you guys could do. Of, of all of the, right. the trophies and like the things, I was like, all right, you guys are going to get top four. You're not going to win the FA Cup or win the Champions League. But this was the one thing that you guys needed to do and probably the bare minimum for Chelsea this season, considering right. it's not even, considering it's not the even summer. A goal. It's, yeah. like, it's like the floor of expectations. And the fact that it was this tight going down to the last day basically means we haven't really improved since last season. I, I wanted to add to that uh, that circle jerk of shitting on uh, Leicester. I, someone did the math, and of the over the last two seasons, ninety three percent of the days over the last two seasons, Leicester have been in top four, and in neither neither season did they make top four. Like the oh. FA Cup is definitely something for their fans to enjoy, something for the another uh, jewel four or five years after the the Premier League title success for the players to enjoy. But in terms of like what it means for their their trajectory, I feel like they're still kind of they're still kind of like treading water in uh, just outside the top four. Like we we all think they're a good team; they can beat anyone on, on their day, but we just don't trust them. And two seasons that result pretty much in the same thing of you being in the good position all season and then just choking when it matters most at the end. That's uh, we we're all going to think of them as that now. Like no matter how long they're in the top four and how well they're playing next season, we'll all look at uh, Leicester and say, yeah, but how long can they hold it up for? Like, let's look, let's look at their last five games of the season and decide off that. So uh, I feel kind of bad for them, but they got the trophy. I love, I love their roster. I do wonder if anybody's going to leave. And the guy I think of mainly is Telemans. I mean, 
I know he only has been there a few years, but he's a Champions League qual- caliber player. And you have to think that if like the right bid from Manchester United or City came in for a guy like Tielemans, I, I think it would be hard for Leicester to say no, which that that I find really curious because I like that kid a lot. I think he would fit well at a lot of well, top clubs. Do, but they have all do the remember that, and they're running Do you remember out, that Mares for a couple of years... Everyone thought he was going to leave that same summer in Golo Conte, and then he ended up staying two more years. And they they they've said no to a bunch of like 40, 50 million bids for Mara's. Ended up selling him for like sixty to City. But I wouldn't. I, I I'm not sure. If, like most of that team has recently signed or re-signed their contracts. I don't know if they really have anyone who's like coming down to the end of their deal. Um, I would say that maybe Jamie Vardy, but like you got to think that as long as he's still scoring goals for them they're going to keep him at the club right like i don't think they're gonna yeah let I, I mean vardy's 34 right. he'll be 35 in but, next season i mean he's like, still Ianacho's scored a bunch of goals this season so yeah i mean ianacho still is going to start alongside him i think they're going to continue I, if i was i might continue with this three four one two with madison right behind him i think that gives him the best option i mean we have to wait for for barnes to come back and there's a couple of the kids that got injured for them that are really good like we all like james just james justin this year and we, like I said, Harvey Barnes is a nice player. They've got pieces. Like they will still be around and be pesky next year. But damn, Lester, 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 even finished with four more points this season than they did last season. And yeah, I don't know. That kind of it kind of sucks for me that they didn't qualify for the Champions League. Chelsea actually finished with one more point than last season. So yeah, Liverpool thirty yeah, I mean, less points. I, I would have taken. Uh, I would have taken. You know, Leicester being the Champions League, if it meant us finishing fifth and winning the final next weekend, I would have taken that. I I would have loved to see uh, Leicester back in the Champions League. I feel like the Champions League needs a bit of a a refresher. We've had like some new teams come into it, like Atalanta recently, but Mm -hmm. I think a a miniature part, like a very small part of uh, teams' interest in, in breaking off was that like the Champions League was starting to feel a little stale. And that's why they've gone through with uh, UEFA has gone through with their own updates to it. So hopefully that helps, but I don't think people anticipate that. So yeah, maybe next year for Leicester. But yeah, I think they they should be pretty scared. Maybe not this summer, but next summer when you know business starts to get a little more back to usual. Hopefully, that Tielemans could be could be leaving even to the continent. I wouldn't be surprised if a, a big 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 club like Bayern Munich or PSG or someone was interested in Tielemans. He's, I can uh, see Madrid trying to replace like a Cruz or Modric with him. I mean, they're they're not going to be around for much longer. Yeah, I say I said Bayern because uh, he he seems like a pretty decent replacement for Tiago in the in that midfield. But they have plenty of other options. So yeah, yeah I can we'll see, see Bayern. I mean, unless there's going to make Bayern break their transfer record for him, which I think I think they played what close to eighty for uh, Lucas Hernandez. Or, uh, yeah, I think they played close to eighty for him. So I I think there's no way that. Lester asked for any less than that. But yeah, I mean, that is a brutal, brutal end of the season for Lester. Tottenham still managerless. They, they, we'll they won the FA Cup. And, so I think for them, finishing fifth, I mean, like we said on the last pod, I don't think they're ready for the Champions League. And I think they're, they're like a Europa League level team. So I think if they can make a run in Europa and, uh, you know, similarly challenged in the league and still remain in the top four conversation. I think that's that's good on Brendan Rodgers. But I think for Chelsea, yeah, losing losing 2-1 to Villa against a side that this Villa team, when you think of like 
teams not having anything to play against, usually there's still like a little bit of money on the line, depending because I think you you get an extra three million for each place you finish higher in the league. So like, yeah, that's not like an insignificant amount of money, especially for some of these smaller teams. But Villa literally had nothing to play for. They were finishing in 11th. That was where they were finishing before the game. I I really thought Chelsea were going to take care of business here. And it was kind of the same story of Chelsea where guys had a bunch of chances in the first half. You know, Mason Mount had one. Werner had kind of a half chance. Pulisic had a couple half chances. I mean, it, it seemed like Chelsea dominated as usual, but then just somehow conceded the first goal. Even going down two nil, like the the Jorginho, like he 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 had a really good run in the side of a few games, but it seems like the last three or four games he's kind of slipped a little bit back to to some of that crappy Jorginho that we've seen before. Yeah, ever since Arsenal, pretty much. Yeah, yeah ever I mean, since the Arsenal game where he had a nightmare and had that back pass, it's almost like he lost his confidence and it, and it kind of drained out of him. And then yeah, you guys kind of made it nervy at the end with the with the Chilwell goal, and it looked like I mean I thought you guys were going to go on to at least get an equalizer. Okay, it wasn't it wasn't nervy at the end. It was like we were pushing for the equalizer, and Emmy Martinez and their defenders Villa the Villa defended out of out of their asses like we've seen them do so many times this year. But like Let, you said, let's always remember though. Let's always remember when we're looking at these games at the end of the season. Like we always say, like ah, oh, there's nothing to play for. Like surely they win. Like this was such a perfect example where it's just like that's bullshit. That doesn't matter. It just yeah. doesn't fucking there's just matter. Some games like where this this some game games mattered. That it applies to and others that it. Doesn't. This game mattered. You know, in the tune of hundred million plus for Chelsea, and it mattered in the tune of zero dollars for Villa. And Villa still won the game and played really well and defended their asses off, like Alex said. So it's just worth noting that even when these, some of these Premier League teams have absolutely zero to play for, they still find a way of getting motivated and, and, and playing decently, you know? Um, so I thought that was interesting. And good on, good on Villa to, right. to finish the season off strong like that. Since Chelsea beat Manchester City 2-1, on May 8th, they then lost to Arsenal, lost in the FA Cup to Leicester, beat Leicester, lost to Villa. How how nervous are you? I know we're not doing no, a Champions no, no. League yeah, we're saving pod, that. But, but how nervous are you right now on Monday, especially with Mendy fighting off, uh, Mendy, facing a battle? Mendy seems like he's going to be ready. Mendy seems like he's going to be ready. Like they're saying they're, they hope he's like ready for training on Wednesday. That's like the kind of talk they're having right now. Uh, publicly uh so and N'Golo Kante is supposed to be back in training on Wednesday I mean if either of those two don't start it's it's looking hard <laughs> but I, all I say is this will be a major theme when we preview the Champions League is that in, in big games like this and arguably that Europa League final two years ago Chelsea did not seem like they were in any sort of place on or off the pitch like to to, to go and win those trophies. We had like a bunch of injuries or people coming back from injury. We hadn't been playing well to end the season. Uh, we can rewind we can rewind the tapes and uh grab those Europa League things. I picked I picked against us. I didn't think we were going to win that. It's it's in these chaotic times that Chelsea teams usually, you know, pull one out of the bag and at least put on a performance that makes it a tighter game than people maybe would have predicted beforehand. So I, I still think we have a chance. I'll say that. It's worth noting that in 2012, Chelsea did start Ryan Bertrand in the uh, Champions League finals, a winger. So first ever Champions League appearance. Also true. So, you know, weirder things, weirder things have indeed uh, happened. Um, All right. Well, that gets uh, let's let's move over to the Liverpool game who they they got a 2-0 win over Palace. And it was um, 
I'm not gonna lie, like it wasn't easy and it wasn't there was definitely anxiety induced moments, but they handled their business. Like the the first Mane goal, the once Mane scored Honestly, after the first 15 minutes, which has been a stretch here since going back to the Manchester United game, a nervy first 15 minutes. And then after that, Liverpool just dominated the game and took over, took over everything. Uh, Genie Wijnaldum getting an excellent um, sending off captain the game. It'll be his last game for Liverpool. I kind of expect him to end up on the continent. And then they did a guard of honor for him after the game. Um, shout out Genie Wijnaldum. My favorite Genie Wijnaldum moment coming off the bench against Barcelona and scoring those two headers to um, help us get that 4-0 victory in the Champions League. And he also scored in the um, in multiple last games when those couple years, those first couple years when we finished fourth under Klopp to qualify for Champions League on last day. He scored against Brighton that one time. So he's been a guy for, you know, a guy for a big moment. But for the, I mean, Klopp said it going into this during this stretch, if we make top four after everything that happened this year with the amount of guys who've been out for extended periods of time, it's honestly better than the management he did during the year they won the Premier League and the year that they won the Champions League. And I agree with him. Like he started 20 year old Reese Williams who didn't train after the Burnley game because of a hamstring injury. He came out and didn't necessarily have the best game, but he performed <laughs> Mr. Point Matt blank Phillips. header. Yes, it's he like did. the most yes, open did. header he will ever get in his career, but whatever. One hundred percent. And then Nat Phillips doing a fantastic job um, again, and they get the result. They get another clean sheet, and you know uh, Virgil Van Dyke not going to the Euros with with uh, the Netherlands, which I feel for him because I don't think he's played at a traditional major tournament yet for the Dutch. They didn't make the chance. They, they announced make, uh, the, They announced the squad already. He already he said last week that he's not going to oh. continue to train at Liverpool. He withdrew himself because he's he didn't want to like race back. Which so uh, he was I mean, part he was part of that World Cup uh, squad in 2014 that went to the semi final. I think the, I don't think he was. He was because he scored in the he scored in the third place game. Because I remember he used to have like long like dreadlocks back then. He was like early twenties. He was he was pretty young. He wasn't. He didn't get his debut for the Dutch until 2015. Really? Who yeah, am I, who am I, I remembering? Just looked then? it up. Man, that's bad memory by me. I could have sworn he played in that 2014 World Cup, but oh well. Yeah, he um, he's for, he's he made his uh, full international debut in a way win in a Euro 2016 qualifier for, which I don't think they qual- ended up qualifying for. I think that was like a big thing that the Netherlands didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, they haven't been to tournaments since that. That uh, World Cup in 2014. Correct. So he has yet to play in a major tournament for the Dutch, and he's missing out on this one, which means his first one could be the World Cup, and he'll be like close to 30 in it, which is just brutal for a player of his stature. But yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed most law didn't score in this game to win the uh, to tie Golden Boot with Harry Kane. But I mean, I, I, I did have a future on that. So that's probably the only reason I was upset about it. But I, I think he's player of the year for us. And they got it done. And Tiago's come on, I'd say, in this last like six, seven game run of being really, really good. I think really adjusting to Klopp's system. And hopefully the idea of a midfield three rotating around of Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, and Tiago, Tiago sounds like a lot of fun like next year. And you obviously have Curtis Jones. I expect them to sign somebody to replace Wijnaldum. So uh, I really liked the way Liverpool finished the season. Obviously, that stretch from January through February where they got their asses handed to them constantly was fucking putrid. But they finished the season star- uh, stronger than they started with half of the pieces that they would have liked to have. And uh, now have, Fabrizio Ramont. I have to jump in. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm looking at the score. Holland 3, Brazil 0, 
World Cup third place playoff, Van Persie, Blint, and Wijnaldum. I have to back myself up here. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're, we're talking about different players. I'm talking about... You I said, said he was saying Van Dyke. Van Dyke wasn't in the 2014. Oh, I thought you were talking about Wijnaldum. No, no. no Wijnaldum's no, no, no. been in the team for like a decade. Wijnaldum's been in the team that's forever. What, okay. yeah. That's Van why Dyke? I was like, I'm going crazy. Wijnaldum definitely played in that World Cup. No, okay. no, 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 no. I wouldn't have fought you on that for a okay. second. I was talking about Virgil. I th- okay. All right, that is completely my fault. <laughs> Georgie, uh, Wijnaldum's definitely going to the Euros this summer. I would assume he's going to the Euros this summer. He's like one of their captains, but Van Dyke is not. That's who's not. Yeah, going. okay. That and I again, understand because the injury, obviously. Okay. Yes. And uh, again, Fabrizio Romano re- reporting again today that they're close to uh, Konate from uh, RB Leipzig could be announced in a matter of days, which again, I'm just happy Liverpool are getting business done sooner rather than later. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. And it's supposed to be around 35 million, 35 million euro, which is with the backline injuries we've had this year. I can't complain at all. So we'll see. But uh, another year of Klopp and another year of Champions League. I, I still don't know how they did this with the form going into that Manchester United game being so nervy to then turn it around and play the way they did. You can't ask for much well, more. I, I, and, I was going to say, I mean, this Liverpool team... After having such a, an amazing last couple of seasons, you know, winning the league last year with 99 points. Um, if you guys hadn't made Champions League this season, even with all of the injuries, it would have been pretty devastating for you guys. And there was talks of like, if you didn't make Champions League, like, you know, one of your big players or, you know, more than one might try to leave. But I think you guys finishing out the season with five straight wins and then like the fashion that you did it, um, or was it six straight wins? Uh, I think it was, uh, it might've been six, but uh, I mean, I think undefeated in like seven yeah, games, but, but the way was, that you guys, in there. the way that you guys played to finish out the season, which was kind of the Liverpool that I expected to show up at some point, you know, because you still had all of your main frontline and midfield for the most part healthy and goal scoring wise, you guys have suffered a lot this season, but I really think it was just like a, that, that part was just a, a blimp and in what was what's been, you know, phenomenal few seasons for Klopp, um, and I don't know how much longer he's going to be there, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Andrew. I think he's already said he's going to see out his contract till twenty twenty four, and then he's going to take a much needed break from okay. football. And people think he'll either take the the Germany job or maybe just hang it up after that because he's he's been around. I mean, he's fifty three years old, so he's not necessarily. Uh, I mean, tell really that to Roy Hodgson, who managed his last game in, in that Palace Liverpool game, and he's in his like late seventies or something. Like football, at a certain point, especially at like the highest level, it just becomes like an addiction almost. In like every documentary or book you read by former managers and players, like the reason they stay in football is, I mean, obviously they love it, but just like the rhythm and schedule of it becomes like an addiction. They feel like they're like, get they get like withdrawals when they stop like showing up to training pictures every day during the week and then being in packed stadiums on the weekend. So I don't think Liverpool's the last stop or even the second to last. Like I, I could see Klopp just being, you know, around for much longer than we anticipate. If Jose Mourinho do can ex- do it, then Klopp can. I do expect him to take a break in a similar yeah, yeah, way that, uh, that Pep did take like nine months off. We'll see. I'm not really worried. We'll see Would what happens. Would you guys even be surprised uh, if like Wenger like just was announced that he was managing some like random national team? Like if that just popped up on your phone one morning, like oh, Arsene Wenger will manage Nigeria national team for no, I wouldn't be the surprised. Next tournament. You'd be like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sure, sense. I, I, like, I hope that he comes back at some point. 
Um, I, I kind of do too. A, a, a couple teams more to shout out here. West Ham, Europa League again. You know, that's... That's going to be fun. That, that's got to be that's got to be a great season for them. If they can keep the team together. Finishing sixth place above Tottenham, Arsenal, Everton, you know, teams that probably spent a lot more than West Ham um, in, in the last few seasons. And, you know, they, they were in it to the end for Champions League. They finished two points out. You know, you got to think if they'd gotten a different result in that Chelsea game, they probably would have made Champions League this season. So, you know, they were they were very close. I think they're a couple pieces away from I don't know if like necessarily constantly pushing for top four, but I think they can they can be around that six, seven, eight if they uh, if they if they get a couple good pieces. Um, and then like Leeds, Leeds finished out the season nothing to play for. They won four straight games and pretty much blew out all their opposition in, in those games. Uh, by far uh, the hardest working team in the league this year. You know they outran their opposition in every single game but one, I believe. And um, that was the I think the the one game where they had played like two days afterward or something like that. But literally in every other game they outran their opposition. Um, so you, you got to think if if a couple more players are found for this Bielsa system. You know they're gonna they're gonna be a force to reckon with next season, and then I'm a little bit disappointed in Everton who were I'm not who, no I, I know you're <laughs> not but who were you know Andrew's proud yeah who were in that like top four top five pretty much the whole season um, usually had a couple yeah, they weren't of, in top four no no no, no but no they they're weren't in the conversation yeah they were in the conversation is what I mean but they were a couple of games behind and then for them to finish in tenth place you know behind Arsenal who have had a dreadful season this season. You know, even finishing behind Leeds feels a little bit underwhelming for them. And you thought that this was going to be the season that they maybe made a push for like a Europa League spot, but they kind of weren't even close this season, which kind of sucks that in the end they just really finished out the season with a whimper when they really had a chance to get that go and get the Champions League. And it shows that this team is still probably pretty far from challenging the the top sides and and Chalati did well at the beginning of the season, but like they they definitely reverted to the mean and aren't weren't nearly as good as we thought they were um and then at the same token like villa once Grealish has come back who knows how they're going to be next season if they can keep Grealish and, and the rest of the team together so just I, I think this season was really exciting overall because there were so many teams that were kind of like in it till the end it ended up being kind of boring in the end with city united liverpool and chelsea getting the 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 top four spots, but it is cool that at least Leicester and, and West Ham got the Europa League spots, and you know that that teams like Leeds and Villa and were storylines this season. Um, I'm sure we'll see teams like Wolves bounce back next year. Um, Southampton, do you remember guys? They were like, yeah, they fell off, but we can we can do the the deep sure yeah the we'll do that later to bottom like later, but. I mean, we do have to talk about this uh, Europa League final real quick on uh, Wednesday. Ah, uh, yes. While it looked like Manchester United were just going to be the heavy favorites, now that Harry Maguire looks like he's still going to be out for this, I'm kind of thinking Villarreal. Is anyone else with me? I'm kind of thinking Villarreal. I mean, that's too. Unai. Unai is Unai is the Europa specialist, right? And like Gerard Moreno, little uh, Samuel Chukwueze. Let's see how they finished the season. Let me look. The last three matches, they lost to Madrid. Beat Sevilla and beat uh, Real Valladolid. I have no idea how to pronounce. Valladolid. That. Yeah, I mean they pretty they Valladolid. they they, they pretty much need this if they want Europe next season. They're not even in Europa next year, so they they kind of bottled right at the end there um, when it looked like they were going to get Europa, and it ended up being Betis that slipped into that sixth spot. So I don't know. Do they have Conference League? 
maybe that's seven spots uh, conference unless league. they win on Wednesday and then they get Champions no, League. No, they win if they win Wednesday they should go to Champions they League. They they would go to Champions League, yeah. Uh I'm just checking to see cuz I know Samuel Chukwueze that uh I think he's Nigerian. Uh, yeah, he winger. was hurt in the Arsenal game. I don't know he if was hurt he hasn't in the been Arsenal playing in the last of... few games, so I wonder if he's back. It does not look like it. But I mean, Gerard Moreno, Danny Parejo, uh their their backline, I think I've been much more impressed with them than I, I think when I first saw all the names they have that I recognize like Raul Albiol and uh Juan Foyth who played pretty well against Arsenal and Pau Torres, Torres is going to Euros for Spain. Right. Pau Torres has been excellent. I think when I first saw the names, I thought, yeah, that seems like kind of like a FIFA team, the team that like maybe plays well in the FIFA just because they've all have good overall ratings from years of playing. But I didn't really expect them to be that good, especially because of Unai Emery. I've never really been a big fan of his. But I think that defensive unit, plus like the midfield now being a little more settled with uh, Parejo especially and Etienne Capu. Why not? They, they can sit deep and, and, and frustrate Man United. That seems to be the way Manchester United have uh, been beaten. Uh, it, it's, usually it's self-inflicted. So United with a little bit of a rough end of the season. I know they like scraped, I'm not buying sc- anything Manchester scraped, United. They, yeah, but right at the now. same time, they've been rotating teams to you know be ready for Europa League like semifinals and then this final. Like They started El yeah, Younger. They, they still finished, yeah, they still and finished second and... Only lost six games this season, the same as Manchester City. So yeah, you gotta you gotta give them the you gotta give them the respect. You gotta give them their due. Um, I think you're right, Alex. I think they've been holding back these last few games. I don't know. I don't know how much like we can take into their Premier League form in these last few games, considering how prolific and how awesome they've been in Europe. I think they've just been looking at this final for the last few weeks. <sighs> Manchester United undefeated on the road for the entire season, though. Which is pretty impressive. You have to you have to give them credit for that. Does the neutral venue count as on the road? People are asking, <laughs> where are they playing this final? I completely forgot where it's being played. I don't think I ever knew in the first place. Uh, it's going to be Arsenal have won five straight away games. How the hell? Yeah, th- that's oh, how going to be in Gdansk. That, that's how you, Gdansk, so you know this. This is a weird ass season. That makes sense. I feel the like the strategically important port city of Gdansk in World War II for all you history buffs out there. I uh, forgot that for Mr. Batista, seventh grade and history. Mr. Crocio. <laughs> Shout out Karoch. <laughs> um, all right, before we wrap it up, I do want to say uh, shout out one of my favorite managers. That's not Jurgen Klopp. Nuno Espiritu Santo leaving Wolves after this with the conclusion of this season. Uh, they're they're looking at a couple different candidates to come in. I mean, Jorge Mendez is going to still have his uh, one, thumbprint on, on Wolves. The one who it looks like is pretty certain to, to be appointed pretty soon is Bruno Lage from uh, Benfica's last title winning side in 2018-19. He got fired at, like near the end of last season when Benfica weren't winning the league there. He doesn't, I, I don't think he's a great choice. Uh, winning winning the league with Benfica, with, especially with the team they have, I don't think it's that big of an accomplishment. If they could have gotten uh, Sergio Contestao, who, who's leaving Porto to go to Napoli now, uh, that probably would have been a really interesting appointment. He's, he's like a Champions League experienced manager, probably the, the right kind of uh, profile that suits Wolves, but they missed out. And yeah, I'd be a little worried if I was a Wolves fan right now. Uh, well, is Sergio Santo going they- to Tottenham? Like, is that what we're all assuming? That's kind of where I feel like he might end up. Everybody's turning Tottenham down, though. That's the funniest thing. Like, they've had multiple people turn them down since Mourinho uh, 
was fired, but he would make a lot of sense for Tottenham. The thing about Wolves, I wouldn't necessarily be worried if I was a Wolves fan, provided they do something at striker, because their whole season fell apart when Raul Jimenez got hurt. I mean, that was that was their guy, you know, and, and it sounds like he's going to try to give it a go again. But there are people who are saying he might not be able to play football. They also didn't really injury. replace Diego Yota. I know that, like, I think you guys bought him, I think, the last day of the season. Right. So I don't think they really had time to. I think Podence was technically the replacement. Podence they, they and Neto him. were kind but of But they were already. No, I know. Ex- I know they didn't get. Triore. They hadn't gotten as much game time, but they were all already on the team. I'm saying they didn't go and spend that money they got from Liverpool, I don't think. I don't think they went and bought like they didn't get that much actually. It was like wasn't because, it forty million? Yes, but it's being spent. It's being paid out over five years and like eight million dollar increments. And also, everyone's uh, losing we, money right now, or has been losing money. We sold them. We sold them a, one of our like Dutch wingback kids who's wearing number two for them. Kijana Hover. Uh, yes, for eight million. So we didn't really give them a penny for for Jota. We literally gave them Kijana Hover. This summer, and we're gonna pay them like eight or nine million next year, and eight or nine like that's, it's being paid out in installments. It's why every now and then you'll still hear. It's why Barcelona benched Coutinho for like the remainder of the season because they couldn't sell him because if he played any more games, they were gonna have to give Liverpool another five million pounds in like add-ons to that contract. You know they're gonna try so, to sell his ass this summer so he never makes that appearance again. One hundred percent. Well, they'll just they'll or like well they want to sell him because they have so many players making an absurd amount of money that they can't. That they need to cut cost in order to Arsenal should take a take a risk on him. No, bring, bring in uh, Philippe Coutinho. Get yourself some star power. I, I didn't. Again. I didn't like him when he was on. Well, it's not like they're going to resign Ceballos, who's already they already said he's not. Well, no, Odegaard back. is the one they want to resign, but obviously, I, I, did, I didn't like happening. him when he was on Liverpool. I thought it was a horrible move for Barcelona when he left, and then that's why I want you guys to sign him. I just think it would be like the the like how could watching he's Arsenal be even William. more torturous for you? And it would be if Philippe Coutinho was playing. Because I mean, if William and David Luiz are leaving, then we gotta we gotta get someone else in there to frustrate you, right? Possibly no? to MLS Inter Miami is what I'm hearing. Wow. All right. I mean, okay. <laughs> I don't know Coutinho how they're going to all Inter those Miami. Players. Yeah, they already no. they already have the two Iguains. They already have like two designated well, players. Okay, I think. But, but the no, it's Gonzalo Iguain. They have their center attacking mid is a internet as a. DP and then as is Matuidi but now you bring in David Luiz and Willian like I the MLS needs to increase how many DP spots that they can have and I feel like you know David Beckham was the original one so he'll get that shit bumped up to five so that he can go sign these two players I, the MLS just needs to yeah, get on ball. that David get on that shout out to Lille breaking the PSG streak Shout AC Milan back in Champions League. Yeah, shout out to Atletico Madrid. Wrapped it up on the final day. Louis, Louis, Suarez. Louis, Suarez, Louis Suarez worth, worth the money. Worth, who, worth, who decided worth the free it was transfer. a good idea? If you're Barcelona, who decided it was a good idea to let Luis Suarez go to Atletico Madrid and you know go to Diego Simeone with an already built-in vendetta in his heart against Barcelona? Like from that moment, everyone should should have just been like, "All right, Atletico are winning the league." It's like, it's, if, if do you Suarez remember everyone healthy, shitting on Luis Suarez last year when he was like, "Luis Suarez has gone 345 days since scoring a Champions League away goal." I, mean, I think that streak is like still, yeah, still active. Like this season in Champions League, he didn't score and he was pretty shit. But in in La Liga, he scored when it counted and scored the winner for them in, on the last day to wrap up the league. Huge achievement. People th- think of the 2014-15 one as like recent, but you know, six years ago now. 
So good for Diego Simeone for getting another one for himself. It's a great achievement for Atletico. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this episode of the podcast. We, uh, there'll be an episode later in the week previewing Champions League final between Manchester City and Chelsea, which will come up this Saturday. And uh, come on, Chelsea. follow us along on Twitter. Follow along on Twitter and Instagram at GhostGoldPod at Andrew Passaro at ASMoss92 at JavierRev9. And until next time, bye.